um, over to you. And the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Lovely. Thank you so much, Jill. And thank you, Janesta, for inviting me to speak today. It's always an absolute pleasure, such a privilege to speak to my fellows. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Young. I'm a very grateful recovered alcoholic today. Um, it's great to see you all. It's it's so good to be here. You know, I, I, I feel so, so grateful to be alive today. So grateful to be given another 24 hours of breath of, of maybe I can be useful to someone. Maybe I can, hopefully I can be useful to someone on this platform. I really hope so. Welcome, welcome to any newcomers or anyone who's been around for a while who's fallen off the path. It isn't fe feeling the fire today. It, it's there. Tomorrow's a new day. We can we can plug in once again, or we can plug in now in this moment. Um, I was just thinking back to that reading, and I love this big book. This big book and the twelve steps has led me to a god of my very little understanding, which has absolutely changed my life. Uh, the old person that I might talk about a little bit today is absolutely gone and died, and I've been reborn as the result of. of of getting on this spiritual path, following some really clear-cut directions each day. And, and I seem to continue to grow as the months, as the years go by. I just keep on changing. I keep on changing and changing. And, and, and I'm beyond grateful because all I came into this fellowship to do was to stop drinking. I didn't know what a rich life was awaiting for me. I, I was dying from alcoholism. I was dying from the constant relapsing. And of course, I was going to relapse because I'm an alcoholic and lack of power is my problem, not, not lack of changing things around me, lack of going into lots of treatment centres, lots of hospitals, lots of detoxes, lots of psychiatric units. I'm going to drink that. that that's what my step one tells me today. That's why today... I go as hard as I did on day one because I understand that on my own power I will drink again. No, no, I've got no no doubt about that in my mind. So in that reading, rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly follows our path. Rarely have I seen a person miserable who thoroughly follows this path. Rarely have I seen a person struggle with, with life when it gets lifey who thoroughly follows this path. Rarely have I seen a person blaming everyone else for their ills who thoroughly follows this path. Those who do not recover, those who cannot or will not completely, completely give themselves to this simple spiritual program. That was me for so many years. When Janesta asked me in my favourite phrase from, from this beautiful big book, just I, I could have picked a million. Well, that's an exaggeration. I could have picked many. But the one that just came to mind was half measures avail us nothing and, and 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 i'm a great example of how not to do this program i'm a great example of, of where half measures get get me nothing because for about 10 years i was in and out of the rooms of alcoholics anonymous doing half measures less than half measures not thoroughly following this path um you know not giving myself completely to this simple program and and I don't know how I didn't take my own life because each time I would come out of a treatment centre and I would go into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and you beautiful people would welcome me back in once again and be patient with me and loving and tolerant and all the things that most people weren't to me because I wasn't a very loving, lovable person because I was an unrecovered alcoholic full of misery, full of resentment, full of anger, 
full of, full of, you know, throwing the blame thrower, everybody for my problems in life. And um, I would just come into the rooms, nothing else. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw myself into these 12 steps. When you mention the word God, oh, my, uh, no, 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 no. And so I, I guess I, I'm, maybe I'm talking to someone who might be sat in here today, sober, but feeling terrible. That's how I feel without going through change, without going through a spiritual awakening, which those words scared me. But all it means is transformation of the soul. In those rooms and not doing anything and thinking somehow by os osmosis, I would get what you guys had. Because there was there was plenty of guys that I could see something could happened in them. But perhaps I just wasn't at this point of desperation. On, on paper, I should have been because each time because. I never rolled into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous on the wings of success, on the wings of happiness, on, on the wings of joy. I, I always rolled in very, very broken. I always rolled in because there was nowhere else for me to go. And it used to baffle me each time I came out of a treatment centre. Why I pick up again? I, I I I didn't understand my illness. I thought that I'd had enough pain. I thought that I could draw on my knowledge of what happens each time I pick up a drink, because I I knew I knew it was the first drink that got. I I was under no illusion of that. But what I was doing wrong, I was relying on my broken mind to keep me well. I was relying on my broken mind to to stop me from picking up that first drink and many times I've returned out of those places convinced absolutely convinced that I'm never going to drink again I, I'm so con I'm so convinced that I'm full of confidence and and I feel you, you know it, it can't be possible for me to drink again after what I've been through after what I've been through not thinking about what what you know the things that I've put people through because then I, I learned that the main problem which centers in my mind is this selfishness and self-centeredness and there's where my pain lies today when I'm thinking about me um but I wasn't to find that out until I finally surrendered but that would take a long long time um I loved alcohol it was it, it was the love of my life for so many years for so many years it, it, it did for me what I couldn't do for myself. We hear that time and time again because, well, this is my, that was my truth. When I picked up a drink at 11 years old, I felt fantastic. I felt fantastic. And for many, many years, I felt fantastic when I drank. And I don't know when I crossed that invisible line where I wasn't choosing alcohol anymore. It was choosing me. I've got no idea. Because I only tried to stay, I only tried to stop quite late in life um, when the consequences started piling up. When I think to Bill's story and Bill says there was ominous warnings, which I failed to heed. When I look back at my life, there was so many ominous warnings. There was the time when I fell off the top of a car when I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, do this crazy stuff. There's the time when, um, you know, I'm waking up naked on golf courses. There's the time when, you know, girlfriends are leaving me and saying, I think you've got a problem with alcohol. 
there's I, I could give a million examples of that but I, I couldn't see and what I know about my alcoholism when when I'm when I'm in it when I'm in the madness or when I'm sober without a, pro, a program I can't seem to see the truth about myself there's too much of me covering me I I, I just I can't differentiate the truth from the false. To to me, this life that I'm living is the only one I know because I don't know another life. I don't know that I'm existing in the lower power of existence. I just think that's normal. I just look at normal people and normal drinkers and think, how do they do this? How do you how do you do life sober? And my sister said this to me the other day. She said, when you were 16 years old, you said to me, I don't like it when I'm straight meaning sober i said that at 16 years old i said to her i don't like i i don't like life when i'm sober it feels really spiky to me it feels like it's just got edges on it i just can't seem to flow and i look at everybody else and i'm comparing myself and i'm always falling short and and i'm always searching for a life that's different than my life so as long as I'm doing that, I'm always going to feel in this perpetual state of restlessness, irritability and discontent nature. And I can't see the precious nature of life. And I can't see that it's an absolute miracle that I'm alive. I'm doing the opposite. I'm waking up thinking, oh, God, I've got to get through another day. That was me sober without a program in my life. That was me throughout my childhood <laughs> before I'd even picked up a drink. So when I picked up that first one, it, it rocketed me into this different dimension. And I, and I absolutely loved it. But the same thing that rocketed me into heaven also dragged me into hell for many, many years. I think the last 10 years of my drinking, I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to drink. I just couldn't not drink. Because here was the problem. I can't drink because I have this allergy and I put one in me and I end up in all sorts of places. I might have the best intentions. I'm just going to have a, a few. And it never, never ended like that for me. But I can't not drink. Because I've got this mind that lies to me. And I was thinking about the stories in the big book and more about alcoholism, which the first time someone guided me through this beautiful book, straight away, I, I am just nodding my head. I'm like, this makes so much sense to me now. I'm not a bad person. It's not because I don't love my kids. It's not even because I'm not trying. Because I am fighting this illness. And what I know today, whenever I fight this illness, I'm always going to lose. I'm always going to lose because it's a power bigger than me, alcohol. So I'm going to need a I'm going to need a bigger power. So I was thinking about those stories of Jim, the car the car salesman, who mixes the, the milk with a whiskey, and just before he relapsed, you know that he says suddenly, suddenly the thought comes into my mind: if I put a little bit of milk in this whiskey, it might go okay. I relate to that. There's certain times. When I've come out of treatment or detox and the thought has come into my mind. Right. OK. As long as I as long as I just have one. As long as I and also like him, there's been times when I've relapsed because I've been full of resentment. And so in that moment and when it says suddenly we could change that to inevitably, 
inevitably the thought comes into my mind because like any thought I, I don't I don't ever choose I never cho chose for that thought to come into my mind it just comes and I don't know when it's coming I am a ticking time bomb without a, a spiritual program in my life I take alcohol out of me and it's only a matter of time it's not if I pick up again it's it's when and I don't know when that is so for anyone new in my I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you what my sponsor said to me. He said, Young, lack of power is your problem. You're a ticking time bomb. You need to get to this power as quickly as you can. And I said, I, I thought I thought people said to do the steps slowly. People said to me, recovery is not a race. He said, it is a race. It's a race for your life. It's a race for your life. And in the bit, in the reading we've just done, it says there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now! Exclamation mark. And I remember this grumpy old timer who read me that once, and and when he said it, he said, "May you find him now!" And he slammed his fist on the thing, and I was, "Oh!" I understand what he was trying. He was trying to impress in me the urgency because young, you might die if you drink again. You look like you're dying. You look like you're dying. I don't know if you can if if you're going to take it anymore, you know, because when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I, I looked like I'd just been dug up, bones sticking out of my cheeks. I I, I looked a very grey colour and, 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 and I was I was dying inside. And so we got Jim's story, which I relate to. And I relate to the jaywalker. I, I just can't get the idea out of my head at certain times when I've come out of hospital. How crazy is that? I've gone into another hospital. I've gone in so sick and they've kind of patched me up a little bit, but then I can't get the idea out of my head and, and, and fight it as much as I can. The inevitable happens. And then I, I, I love Fred's story because Fred is having a fantastic day. And that's been me also. You know, that's why I love this book. It's like, ah, that is just me. So if I can see this problem, well, these guys have got a solution. So Fred's story no cloud on the horizon he said he's having the end of a perfect day i remember that very very strongly come out of another treatment center i spent over two and a half years of my life in treatment centers thinking each time this time it will be different this time somehow i don't know well it's i guess it's the insanity of my mind i cannot fix my broken mind with my broken mind but i'll still give it another go I'll still try a bit harder. I'll still resist what these guys in Alcoholics Anonymous are offering to me. I'll still resist it. Even though they're all shouting the same thing. Well, the guys that are well in the rooms, not the guys that are there moaning and bitching and da 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 da, -da The guys that are all seem to be happy and on fire. And they were all shouting the same thing. All the same thing. They said, you need to get to this power. We'll call it God. And I'll call it God today because that's just the best word I can come up with. Um, not a cloud on the horizon. I remember walking down the street. I've got eight months sober. I think that I'm really well. Looking back, I'm very unwell. I'm acting out with women, gambling, eating, crime, all sorts of stuff. But I think I'm well. I've got a new girlfriend. I've got a new pair of Nike sneakers. I'm strutting down the high street and I'm having a great, and I've just come out of yoga because now I do yoga, so I'm really spiritual. So I think, I think yoga will keep me well. And I'm not having any problems. I don't have any resentments, not a cloud on the horizon. 
I just find myself in the off license in the liquor store. I'm like, how did that happen? And as soon as I place my hand on a bottle, when I'm sober without a program, I feel a sense of ease and comfort. I haven't even put the liquid in my in my body yet, but I just feel a sense of relief because my mind knows exactly what's coming. And the main problem of me, the alcoholic centers in my mind. So it knows what's coming. So I really relate to all those stories. I'll fast forward to the end. And and and, and before I do, I um I remember the last the last treatment center I, I, I went in, and this is how I know that God was always always trying to shout in my ear he was screaming in my ear I just just couldn't hear it because I was so blocked by alcohol I was so blocked by my anger I was so blocked by my resentment but God was always there prodding me always 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 I can see that clearly in so many events that have happened in my life and this is one of them that I can see clearly today I was lucky enough to um, get funding in, in the UK if you haven't got any money the government will put you into rehab if you're lucky enough and um i had to go to to, to a drug and alcohol center for a year go to their groups show them that i was serious and um you know about my recovery and, and and i was desperate and um i remember saying to the guy bearing in mind this is after two years of treatment centers lots of detoxes lots of psychiatric units and institutions and uh, lots and lots of meetings. I said to him, all I need is a detox. I was still convinced that alcohol was, was the problem because if alcohol was my problem, the first detox, it would have fixed me and I would have been a different person. Um, and I was convinced, but he said to me, young, look, it will take, it will take us just as long for get, to get you into a detox as it will a rehab. So you might as well go into a rehab as well. So I said, OK. And then when the time came, when they secured funding for me, which I'm so grateful for today, I'm so grateful. He said, which rehab do you want to go to? And I said, I said the name of a certain rehab because I'd been there before. And he said, you went there before and it didn't work for you. Why don't you try a different one? And so that's where God came in. Because the treatment centre they sent me to was a 12-step treatment centre and all they do is big book in there. And it was set up by a guy who became my teacher and his teacher was uh, Joe McHugh from Joe and Charlie. And I can see in that moment, God was helping me because who knows what would happen if I went to another place and did the same thing and didn't have a spiritual awakening and didn't have a psychic change. I could be, I could be six foot under. God was saying, I'm giving you a chance here. And so when I came in this time around, I was absolutely broken and absolutely desperate. And I was willing to go to any lumps on that day as I am today. There was no resistance because for any new people here today, the only pain in this program is from my resistance to it. The only pain is from my rebelliousness, from, from me just not doing what all these people are, are, are directing me through the big book. That's the only pain. The only pain is me doing half measures, middle of the road solution. 
So what led me to that moment was I'd lost I've lost everything about three times over. And um how it looked for me, I was living in 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 a in a in a in a tiny, tiny little flat. I didn't have any possessions. I sold everything. Everything was gone. I, I didn't have many clothes. I wasn't eating for days. This is where alcohol takes me. This is where the progression of my illness took me. And I remember waking up each day and just lying on the sofa watching TV, you know, with a cracked phone. I could feel the light inside me flickering out. I could feel it flickering out. I, I was I was met every morning by those four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration and despair. And in that year and a half, there wasn't a day. This is this is also how I know God saved me for a reason. There wasn't a day where I didn't want to take my life. And I, and I don't know what stopped me from doing that, because it was so painful to be in that place, having tasted. I won't say recovery, but having tasted sobriety. But now being back in the madness and not knowing there was a solution and not knowing there was a way out, death seemed an attractive option in that moment. But, you know, sometimes I, I hear guys share and I, I believe them, you know, I believe you guys. They, they say, you know, I, I God God cried out to me and I got on my knees. And But no, this God was helping me even when I wasn't li listening, even when I wasn't listening. This divine power that I have little understanding of, but I feel it. I have little understanding of love, but I feel it inside my soul today. I absolutely feel it. I absolutely know that God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. The first obvious thing keeping me sober. But now God or this divine power has taken off the edges, the spikiness of life. I do not feel any spikiness today in life. I, I look through completely different glasses and I haven't done that. I haven't brought that on with my, uh, it blows my mind. I, I, it blows my mind. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. I know that miracles are, are real today. I know that miracles are real. We live in the age of miracles. You, you know, Carl Jung, he, he, he talked about, he, he said something like once in a while, you know, alcoholics have got well through, through, uh, you know, a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening. These these things are phenomena. They're not phenomena today. I see them happening time and time again with guys that I take through this work. And I didn't say at the beginning, I have a home group. I have a home group. It's it's the big book comes alive in Sheffield. I take people through the work on a daily basis. I I I've been taught that. Um, okay, I was, I was on a meeting the other day and. Um, Someone asked the question, they said, how do you stop complacency in this program? How do you stop complacency? And someone said, and it's it's the, the answer I, I was thinking of, actually. He said, you, you know, if you're doing a lot of service and, and, and you rotate and then you do more service and you're taking people through the work and, and, and you're doing you're doing it, you're, you're thoroughly following this path, you can, it, you'll never get complacent. Because we keep going through, I keep going through the change. And someone said to me the other day, and, and they they said this to me since very early on, because I've always gone full on at this stuff. They said, young, you know, be careful you don't burn out. 
I don't believe I could burn out from doing too much recovery. The sun doesn't burn out because it's powered by God. <laughs> you know, I remind myself I'm no longer running the show. God keeps on present, presenting things to me, squeezing me sometimes. And, and I can like, OK, I, I, I don't believe I could get burnt out by recovery. Often when I'm working with guys and they say to me, oh, I think I'm doing too much recovery. I need to get a balance. Often they end up going back out there. Rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly follows our path. So that was the end of my drinking. That was where the gift was given to me, the gift of desperation. That was when suddenly after 10 painful years of just being beat on the canvas and getting up again, being beat down again, black eyes everywhere, you, you know, I was ready to say, please show me what to do. Please show me what to do. I, I, I don't know where to go. And I think about God. And when I came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, if you said the word God to me, I literally, oh, God. When my sponsor used to do step work with me in cafes around London, not London, Sheffield, and he'd say the word God because he's a man of deep faith, I would, I would hide my head in shame. <laughs> I would hide my head. I'd never... I, I didn't know anything about a spiritual life, but I just knew I was offended by that word. And he said, why, why are you, you know, let's look at why you're offended by that word. And he talked about prejudice, you know, in We Agnostics, it mentions the word prejudice a lot and how he explained it to me. He said, young, it's like Texas saying to me, young, do you want a cup of coffee? I say, no, thanks, Texas. I don't like coffee. Actually, I hate, I hate coffee. And she says, have you ever tried coffee? Never tried it. I just know I won't like it. I'm basing my experience on nothing. And, and, and he said, you have to just lay aside what you think, you know, find your own truth. And he said, I, I'll guarantee it, young. If you thoroughly follow this path and you throw yourself in with enthusiasm through these 12 steps, something will happen to you. And he was right. Wow. Something will happen to you. And he said, if you don't like the sobriety, the, the happiness, the joy that will come with it, your misery is still waiting for you. The liquor stores haven't closed down just because you've got sober. They're still always going to be there. But everything that man said to me has been absolutely true. I had absolute faith in this guy. You know, in the big book where it says something like his whole deportment shouts that he's a man with an answer. Whenever I read that, I think of my sponsor when I first saw him in the in the 12 step rooms, the way he held himself, the way he talked with this enthusiasm about this program. And he told me he used to be as hopeless as I was. And I believed that something could happen to him. I used to say to him, when will I know if I've had a spiritual awakening? And he said, You'll know because you want to shout about it in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous to people who are just as desperate as you were. And this is the case today. I want to shout about this stuff on the rooftops because I know there's people that are dying and they don't have to because we have got a real solution, a spiritual one, a simple solution. I just take this course of action and something profound has happened. And then I keep my foot on the gas and something keeps on happening. I was talking about uh, Zoom, the beautiful Zoom revolution to someone today. And um, I was talking about during COVID and 
during COVID, when COVID hit, my, my first thought was, how are we going to reach newcomers? We've got we've now got no meetings. How are we going to reach newcomers? And then this beautiful platform came up. And and once again, God stepped in for me. And I ended up with my auntie who passed away in March. She was like my mother. And um, she had dementia. And I went down to see if she was OK. And I ended up staying with her for four months, making sure she was all right. The old me wouldn't have done that. And I remember being there, looking out the window one day, and anyone who's got any relatives with dementia knows how challenging it is to look after them. And I remember looking out the window and, and, and I was looking out on a field and I was thinking, this is one of the happiest moments of my life, just being here. That just blows my mind. That's not the person I used to be. And my point about the Zoom thing. So over COVID, my my spiritual life, my recovery was absolutely rocketed, you know, because I was able to spend all my time helping other alcoholics. I was spending more time in prayer and meditation and and, and something absolutely changed in me. And what I was saying to this guy, he was a sponsee, actually. And, and I said, if you were a football team, would you pick all your players from your city? Top football teams don't pick their they pick their players from the world because they have a bigger pool. And I said, be a seeker, find teachers. It doesn't matter where they are. We don't have to be confined today. What a beautiful thing this is. What a beautiful gift we have today. It, it just blows my mind. Sponsees don't even have to be in the same city. Most of my sponsees are in completely different places. Many of them, you know, have several years because people still come up to me and say, it doesn't work sponsorship over Zoom. You have to be face to face. Absolute nonsense. And and, and how beautiful that is. I, I You know, this to have this global fellowship and to feel even more connected and not disconnected like I used to feel. The drink was the thing that seemed to connect me to something that I couldn't myself. Um. So I went into that treatment centre, broken. And what's just come to mind is that I only reach out for God or good or peace or love or higher power or divine power, spirit of the I only reach out for this power when I've got nowhere else to go. When I've got nowhere else to go and I look back on my life and there's been moments, me, I thought I was an atheist or agnostic, when I thought I was going to die a few times, I always called out for God. When I thought people that I loved dearly were going to die, please, God, help them. It, the great reality was deep down within me, but I just didn't know. And it always comes out when I'm absolutely desperate. You know, it says in the last analysis, only there he may be found. He, she, it. When I think I've got other options, I try them out. With alcoholism, I went, I, I tried psychotherapy. I tried hypnotherapy. I tried counsellors. I tried all these things, easier, softer ways, so I thought. But what I know today is the 12-step spiritual program is, is the easier, softer way. It is the easier, softer way. At the beginning when I was new in, because I felt so broken, it did feel like pushing a massive ball uphill. It felt like that. But the more I launched myself into it, flattened out and then it just started to feel like it was going downhill and today 
it, it's not like I, I think to myself, oh, I'm, I'm doing a temp step here. Oh, I'm praying, I'm meditating, I'm doing a little. It just is. It just is. It's just like breathing today. It's just like breathing. So when Janesta asked me to, to pick a word from the big book and I said, half measures avail us nothing. So I know this from my from my experience that half measures don't get me anything. They, at best, they'll get me a very tepid recovery where I'm still struggling with life, where I'm still quite, quite miserable. And, and I'm, I'm that in sobriety. I, I am that dry drunk. And um, so half measures for me looks like I go to meetings. I might do some service. I'm not thinking about you guys, though. I'm, I'm still trapped in the bondage of myself. I'm, I'm not praying. I'm not meditating. And someone said to me once, they said, Young, if you're not praying, maybe you don't believe you're powerless. Maybe you don't believe you're powerless. Um, and I didn't I couldn't really hear him at the time because who, who knows why. But half measures that that you, you know I think about uh, a Coke machine. I love I love a can of Coke, full fat, please. Um, if it says one pound for Coke, and I put in fifty pence, I don't get half a can of Coke. I don't get anything. So you know, for so many years, I I, I was one of these people saying AA doesn't work, doesn't work, and and I, I work in that treatment centre today. And many guys will come in who've been around the rooms for years and years and they'll say, I've done AA, doesn't work. I often say to them, will you work in a programme? And they'll say yes. But what it turns out, they were like me. They were working for a tiny bit of this programme, half measures. So half measures avail me nothing, but full measures avail me everything. They give me, well... What do we say in the big, what does Bill Wilson say in the forward to the second edition? Permanent recovery. Permanent recovery. As long as I stay in a fit spiritual condition, I can have permanent recovery. Half measures, they give me peace. Sorry, full measures, they give me peace in my soul. They give me a sense of purpose, direction and usefulness. They give me the ability to navigate through life, even when it's coming at me all over the place. Because... Life is life. Sometimes it goes my way or the way I want it. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't. I'm no longer running the show. Sometimes people that I love dearly are going to die. Sometimes I might have my heart broken. Sometimes there might be life. And I'm able to embrace it today. Doesn't mean I, I don't feel sadness or, or confusion or anger at times. Although I, I can't remember the last time I've been angry. And that's absolutely mind blowing. Because I used to be a very, very angry person. I used to get into all sorts of trouble. Um, and I don't today. Because I, I, I don't do half measures. Why would I do that? It looks really painful. I, 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 I just, I don't need to do half measures today. But like it says in, in the big book, we are neither cocky nor are we afraid. I, I'm under no illusion that I'm bigger than this illness. I'm under no illusion if I was to do half measures that me illness couldn't come back. Might not be picking up a drink straight away, but it might be, you know, suddenly I'm I'm sat in a meeting and I'm I'm really judging you all the time. Or I've got this dialogue in my head saying the speaker's talking rubbish, or I'm criticizing, I'm comparing, I'm doing all those, all those things. 
Um, so I went into that treatment center and they started taking me through these 12 steps. And a profound thing happened to me in step four and five. Something shifted in me. I, 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 I often share this. I haven't thought about a drink since that moment. And it's different for everyone. We all have a different experience. So if that's not your experience, that's not your experience. But this has been my experience. And I drank from the age of 11 to the age of 43. So a long, a long time, a long time. I suddenly started to see a different reality, a different truth. I started to think to myself, how have I lived for so long being so angry, so insecure, so judgmental? The answer, alcohol. I don't think I could have navigated through life. It just seemed too spiky, like I said before. I saw that I was one walking defect of character. I, I was listening to a share the other day and, and um, he said, you know, we often talk about why, why there's so little in the big book written about steps six and seven. And he said, because the whole thing is about six and seven in many, many ways, you, you know, the, and whenever I speak to old timers, and I always do a lot, a lot, a lot, because I love them. They always take me back to six and seven. You know, my defects are always going to be coming at me because I am a human. I, I am by my very nature, very defective. I cannot do this alone. I need this power. I need a sense of direction. I need to tap into this inner resource, this sixth sense in my soul, because I can't rely on my five senses. Sometimes I get I get it many times I get it very wrong. Um, and then when I came out of that treatment center, found a sponsor, went through those 12 steps again, had another experience. And and I, I go through the 12 steps. Um, you know, I go through them once a year with a different guide just because I want to deep, deepen my my uh, my relationship with, with, with God. And, and each time I have, I've had a new experience. Um, I know that's not what everyone does. It's just what I, I, I like to do. Um, so at the end of those, at, at the beginning of doing, going into the work with my sponsor, he said, Young, I'm not taking a sponsee through the work. I'm taking a future sponsor. This is the deal. This is the deal that I want you to do with me. As soon as we're through, then it's your it's your job to, to carry this message like I passed it on to you. Do you agree to that? And I said, yes. And um, we went through the 12 steps and a few months in, he said, now go out and carry this message. And I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I don't know what to do. He said, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. You, you know, God's going to God's going to act through you. And all you do is is a guide. You're, you're not you know, you're not in control of anyone or anything. You're just you're just a guide. And he said to me. You'll learn on the job. No one feels ready to take someone through the work. If, if everyone it's like being parents, you know, people have babies. If everyone waited till they're ready, no one would do it. <laughs> But he said, you know, and, and when I got to that stage, I was raring to go because I knew that my life had been saved. I knew that I owed a debt that I could never pay back. And then when I started to do it, I started to feel more change. I started to feel even more connected. And I've always had a lot of guys and, and a few women taken through the book from that moment to this moment. And it's an absolute pleasure and an absolute joy. I did a step five of a sponsor this morning and um. He's not been, I'm not going to go into detail, obviously, he's not been allowed to see his daughter. And he's been really wanting, obviously wanting to see his daughter. But I said, look, 
you need to be patient. You know, it's in her time, not your time. And he just texted me before this meeting and he said, <laughs> she's just texted him saying she wants to see him tomorrow. And I say, there you go. You weren't trying to run the show, were you? You were just letting life flow as it was meant to flow. And, and, and just seeing things like that, seeing people get well, seeing people stay well and recover and, and get their families back. And like, like I did, it, it's just an absolute joy. I, 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 I have phone calls, probably monthly, you know, people dying from this illness. And, and someone said to me, how does that not really get to you? And I said, well, it's always sad, but I don't hold on to those. I hold on to the miracles because we see a lot of miracles in this program. We see a lot of tragedies, but we see a lot of miracles. Going back to the reading, rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly follows this path, who thoroughly follows this path. My sponsor also taught me that um, service was extremely important. And I've always had service from, from that moment to this moment. I, I love doing service. I love being of use to, to you guys. Um, you know, the first bit of service that I got was making tea or coffee. And it was uh, it was a meeting full of a lot of old timers. And um, I didn't want to go there because I was a bit scared. You know, I, I felt a bit scared. I still felt a bit spiky around the edges. I was still quite nervous. Um, but I went because my sponsor told me to. And I trusted him. And what that bit of service did for me, because I wanted to be the last person in that room and the first person out. And if I did that, I wouldn't have felt the connection that I started to feel. And making tea or coffee for those grumpy old guys, what that did for me and women, <laughs> they started showing me some kindness and I started being like a sponge and asking them questions about this program. And they were more than happy to tell me about it. They were more than happy to tell me about what these steps meant, what this meant, how they prayed, how they meditated. They just wanted to pass this stuff on to me. And, and the more they did that, I started feeling that connection. And I, I started healing, I believe. I started healing a little bit. And when I started healing, I could start feeling this power flowing inside me. I started being restored to this sanity. I started getting into the practices of 10, 11, 12. Because the word sanity comes from the Latin word sanitas. I always say this when I share, I try and sound smart. <laughs> I read it somewhere. It comes from the Latin word sanitas, meaning whole. So when I'm in this insanity, there's like a part of my soul missing that I'm filling with alcohol or just filling with something because I just don't feel okay just being me. And the example I often give with the insanity relating to my alcoholism. The insanity is me doing the same thing, but I know what's going to happen. It's like the little child with an undeveloped mind who burns his hand on the stove. Ow. The next time he might do it twice or she might do it twice. Ow. But me, the alcoholic, ow, 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 ow. I can't not ow myself. My head and my mind malfunctions and it won't send me a signal to stop me putting my hand on the stove. But now I've been restored to sanity and the stove doesn't even matter anymore. 
where the stove has just disappeared. It's not no longer there. I can't believe it. I've been placed in this place of neutrality, safe and protected, safe and protected. I've been restored to a place of sanity. And this is what's on offer for anyone who's counting days, anyone who hasn't been through these beautiful 12 steps. This is what's on offer. The problem can be removed from you. You no longer have to struggle. You no longer have to be in pain. You can be rocketed into this fourth dimension of existence. And when I heard that word, oh, thank you, Jill. <laughs> Judge Judy. <laughs> I used to watch Judge Judy a lot in my alcoholism. I don't have a TV today. <laughs> I got rid of it seven years ago. Because today, I have a choice today. I didn't have, I didn't have a choice before. I'd lost the power of choice. I was just going to drink. I was going to drink. Today I have a choice. When I start the day, when I wake up in the morning, I have a choice. Am I going to plug into faith or am I going to plug into fear? So for me, and this is only for me, if I start the day reading a newspaper, I don't read newspapers anymore. If I was to read a newspaper for me, I'm plugging into fear, especially with all this stuff, what's going on in the world today. Oh, my God, it's a terrible world. Oh, my goodness me. If I'm putting on a TV, I'm plugging into I'm plugging into fear. If I'm starting a day on Facebook, I'm plugging into fear. I'm looking at my life thinking everyone's got a better life than I've got. So I don't do that today. And someone said to me, yeah, but young, if you don't watch the news and you don't have a TV and you don't read newspapers, you don't know what's going on. And I said, I know what's going on in my world. I know what's going on in my world. You know, I, I can, without sounding too cheesy, maybe I can help someone and make a difference in someone else's life. I can't I can't do that the other side of the world. So I'm, I, I'm not going to worry about it because worrying is not going to change anything. But I can be kind to people that I come across today. So this program has given me a sense of purpose. I know what life is about today. I don't feel a lost soul. I'm not always searching for anything other than this power. I don't feel there's anything I need to be or become. That's mind blowing for me. I used to be lost, broken, criminal, thief, cheat, all those things. I used to hate myself. What I love today is, is the spiritual practices of 10, 11 and 12. I spend a lot of time today in prayer and meditation. I do it in the morning. I do it in the afternoon. This is meditation. I do it in the evening. Prayer, I'll do throughout the day. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I love being silent. I love pausing. I love listening. Because the power for me is in the pause often. The power is in the silence for me. I used to always have to fill, fill the gaps with noise. Da, 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 da. I just love the silence today. And I could never do that because my head was so busy when I came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. It was crazy in there. It was so chattery, so chattery. It's quieted down to a whisper today. And I can only put that down to not doing the half measures, to following these directions and, and becoming a seeker. And, and you, you know, these teachers, these amazing teachers just keep on coming into my life, keep on coming into my life. I feel so lucky today. I feel so grateful for you guys. I, like I said before, 
I have a debt that I can never pay. I can never pay this debt back, but I, I will try as hard as I can. I've made a deal with my God. I said, you know, if you look after me, God, if you take away my difficulties, I am going to absolutely dedicate my life to trying to help your children. That's the deal I've done. And since I've done that, life seems to be more, more than okay, actually. More than okay. I know my time's coming up. Um, when, when I came into to this program, I, I, um, I hadn't worked for five years. You know, I, I wasn't seeing my children. I, um, I was extremely selfish, driven by fear. And, um, and all those things have, have, have changed today. All those things have changed today. And I couldn't do it without you guys showing me which path I needed to get on. Holding your hands out and saying, look, young, I can pull you out of hell. but And I can show you how you never have to go into hell again. You never have to go into hell again. So if there's anyone struggling today, I'm going to put my number in the chat if I can. Um, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always happy to talk about this amazing life-saving and life-changing daily spiritual program of action. Um, I think I'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.